Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your source for geek news for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, we're going to be catching up on our MCU talks in a special boss room only. Uh, the new Ant-Man's right around the corner, and we have some shows and uh, movies that we haven't talked about yet, so we figured we'd just hunker down, do a boss room only, talk about the MCU a whole bunch, um, you know, gush about the stuff we like, talk about the things we don't like. Um, also, I was have been sick this week. I got an ear infection, so here we are. We're doing a show. Either way, we're doing it. Um, just as a heads up, we'll be off the air next week. Um, I'll be out in Seattle for the first time, so we won't be doing a show next week, but we'll be back the week after that. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Once I'm back from Seattle, Hector and I have planned to spend an entire day just recording a bunch of Patreon content, so look forward to that. And with all that out of the way, it is time for The Prelude. It's the prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, what do you have for me? Um, I got one thing for you. Uh, yesterday, a, a PlayStation 5 game released on PC called Returnal. Okay. You probably remember from at least two years ago, uh, me um, talking about this game, about being very excited for the launch, about the other games that the developer Housemark had made. Housemark, he, maybe. Um, but anyway, it finally hit PC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's somehow even more beautiful. Like they really upraised a lot of the textures. Everything flows. It's got multiplayer now. It has an infinite tower of uh, it, it enemies to battle. If you want to do that instead of walking around nice. through the levels looking for puzzles, it's got everything you need. It, it's great. It's the only thing I've been doing this week aside from work. So um, yeah, that's what I got. Great. Not a whole lot on my side, to be perfectly honest. Like I said, I've been laid up sick, so not a whole lot to do. Um, I've been, I actually started the Last of Us podcast today, uh, burned through all five episodes of that while I was at work. Um, it's a great companion piece. It's hosted by Troy Baker. They just break down the episode bit by bit. They talk about why they made the changes that they did from the, the game to the show. You know, it's a full spoiler kind of th- experience. So just know that going into it um, and definitely worth your time. Other than that i am at the very end of crisis core i know this because there are 10 chapters i am on chapter 10 i'm just doing a little bit of cleanup of some stuff that i want to do and then basically when i'm ready i have another like max like an hour before i'm done with it it's it is a quick play been so happy with it ready to be sad at the end of it Mm -hmm. which is how the game rolls uh and yeah then after that i guess maybe dead space i don't know I guess that's the dead next space is, um, yeah, it's a wonderful game that you need to play. <laughs> and weirdly, that's everything that we have for the prelude this week. It's time for us to go back to the MCU in the boss room. The boss room. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's time for the boss room. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, we're playing catch up on all the MCU stuff that we haven't talked about yet. So spoilers ahead for everything that we're talking about. And let's just jump on. Yeah. So we left off on Thor, Love and Thunder. So mm-hmm. that means we have four things we have to cover. A couple big ones, a couple small ones. So let's start with, we're just going to go in order. Mm, right? Yeah. Um, we had the I Am Groot animated shorts that came out. That's right. So those were fun. I mean, they were- Those were a lot of fun. The animation was was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, uh, 
you know, you, you you got your like fully CG stuff going on for the most part, yeah. but you know, it was a, a cute little thing going on, you know, with the James Gunn esque humor, uh, you know, in the background. It was really really cute. I don't have a lot to say ab- about it because I don't have any kids, but if I right. did, I would definitely show them this. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, they probably really like Baby Groot, and Baby Groot's right. fun to watch. Baby Groot's fun to watch for anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. It reminds me a lot of those shorts they used to do with a squirrel for Ice Age. Okay, yep, I can see that comparison. Yeah, you know, it's just like, you know, a good five to ten minute romp with, with a character, and then mm-hmm. you move on to the next one. Yeah, none it's of good. it has any real value to it yeah, other than just being in that world for a few more minutes. Yeah. It's not plot altering or anything like There's that. There's no canon. N- yeah. n- nothing, nothing happens that like you're going to need to know for the next thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't put on here the Christmas special cause we've kind of already covered that and talked about it. That was a thing that happened. Yeah. The Christmas uh, special was kind of like one of my favorite things to happen in the MCU in a long time. <laughs> it's very true. The Christmas special was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the first big one, which is going to be she Hulk attorney at law. Very divisive show. Holy shit. Yeah, but like, like, like for who though? Really? Like, you know. <laughs> when I think about it, let's answer that question, Hector. He, for who is it divisive? Yeah, because like I didn't hear any really good faith detraction about She Hulk. I didn't hear anyone, you know, legitimately say that. Uh, you know, the writing was bad or the characters were bad. It was just kind of a lot of whining about like, why is this woman so strong? Mm. Why are why is this show not a lot of smashy smashy? And and then if it was smashy smashy, they're like, it's not the right kind of smashy smashy. Right. You know, you just don't get Yeah, I, I don't I don't know who it was it was divisive for, aside from people who were um, I will say kindly committed to not liking it before they saw it. I can see that. So yeah, if you didn't follow anything that was going on online about this, basically She Hulk kind of expected as a show that it was going to have people of a certain persuasion that we're going to basically tear the show down from the moment that it started airing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they were a hundred percent right. Like, like yeah. they predicted it because it was in fact so fucking predictable. Right. And that was the thing is you got halfway through the show and you realize the showrunners had already predicted this and already had written jokes to make fun of those people in the show, which only made them angrier basically. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, what are you trying to like say, you know, we're horrible people or whatever for having an opinion. And they're saying like, no, you're just, you you have bad opinions. Yeah, they're just awful opinions. <laughs> yeah, uh, about things. Um, at this show, like if if we want to break it down, just had one of the most inspired casting uh ca- casting sessions mm-hmm. I've seen in the MCU, and that says a fucking lot sure. when you think about who our Iron Man is, who our Black Panther mm-hmm. was, and, and and is now, who our you know uh, you know how how you get Thor, how how you get. You know, Chris Evans, Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth, how you get Robert Downey Jr. Yep. in these roles. This is just inspired fucking casting. Mm-hmm. And I never in my entire life would have cast most of those people in those roles mm-hmm. when they were cast. It just wouldn't have occurred to me. Yep. I can say the exact same thing about Tatiana Mansley. Mm-hmm. Like her as, you know, what, what did it as... Yeah. You know, and, and obviously it's Jennifer Walters, but as not to degrade her, but as like the cousin to Bruce Banner, the Bruce Banner that we know, Mark right, Ruffalo, right. they just fit so perfectly together. They had amazing, you know, almost brother and sisterly chemistry throughout that is the true. entire they had thing. Amazing chemistry. For they that. they they were just easygoing, yeah. and you know, they they have this like sibling rivalry going. This mm-hmm. uh, you know, with a bickering back and forth. 
it was uh, yeah it's just such such great casting on her part because she can be very very dramatic and she can you know really take a monologue and deliver it and she can also be so vulnerable and just endlessly charming mm -hmm. um in this role but she, she's very funny and, and she carries the comedy, whether she is, you know, the big CG, the big green CG version and, and you know, the tiny human version that she is. Yeah. But uh, just absolutely wonderful. It, it's her in this role. She she nailed it. Um, one of the more interesting behind the scenes things about this show was that her origin story was not supposed to come up until later in the show. Mm hmm. And basically early audiences were just like, we want the origin at the beginning because that's how you do a superhero. Yeah. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll do that, I guess. And they just straight up wrote a joke into the show mm -hmm. of just like, they, they basically just call it out in the show. Like, yeah, we weren't supposed to like know about this until later, but I guess people just got to know now. Mm -hmm. Like it was so meta textual, like up until the very end of it. I mean, the whole Kevin Feige robot and like, yeah. like all of it was just brilliant. And like the writing was always crisp, always on point. I found myself laughing out loud all the time while I was watching the show. Yeah. It, it was genuinely, there were jokes constantly. The characters acted in ways that made you laugh. The more you, you know, like cared about them and got into their characters. Yeah. Um, I like, again, to shout out the casting, um, Ginger Gonzaga as Nikki, the, the, you know, her, her, her paralegal. Yeah. So, fucking amazing. Like every scene she was in, I was just like, yeah, it stopped stealing scenes, Ginger. <laughs> like, like, right. like, Oh my God. Did everything she said was either a funny or poignant. She was always like ride or die for her best friend, which mm -hmm. I loved. Um, but yeah, she as a character and as an actress, like I, I will follow what she does from now on because of how good she was in this show. Mm -hmm. um, we had uh, Jamila Jamil as Tatiana, more incredibly inspired casting. Mm -hmm. For anyone who's seen The Good Place or anything else that she's in, you know that she can act and that she has a certain cast type. Mm -hmm. And this just fits so perfectly with that and let her really like take command of the role in a great way. And like uh, did e even like some of the men in the show, there's been all women so far, mm -hmm. but... Um, between Joss Segura as Pug, who, like, usually plays, like, a really slimy type of character. Mm -hmm. So when you put him in a role as, like, their lawyer friend at the law firm who's also just ride or die for, uh, you know, Tatiana and Ginger's characters, mm -hmm. just, yeah, he, he became so incredibly lovable. Mm -hmm. Even though you were just, like, knowing the other roles that he's played, you're just kind of waiting for him to be slimy. And he never is. And it feels right. good. It's wholesome in a way. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, we can't get away without mentioning Tim Roth. Mm, oh, true. man. T Tim Roth coming back as um, Emil Blonsky, as mm -hmm. the abomination, was, was so good because we haven't seen him since Edward Norton was the Hulk. Right. You know, um, and, and just having him come back and be such a hilariously different version of the exact same character. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, just great. Just absolutely great. He nailed the character. He nailed everything about it. Like he does. Cause it's Tim Roth and yeah. he's a fucking classical actor. He's going all the way back to Pulp Fiction was the first time I saw Tim Roth. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, again, all of the, all of the casting choices in this show were absolutely amazing. And they, they managed oh, I liked to, it so much. They managed to break the fourth wall in such a very good way. The, Part, part way through it where it's at the very end, I want to say, 
where Jennifer Walters like just loads up the Disney Plus app and moves from like one thing to another like because yeah. that's what she does in the comics is she will actually move from one page to another she is aware that she's in a comic and will like you know move the page to get, move herself frame by frame right um and so the, the, for them to do that in such a brilliant way by bringing up the Disney Plus app. And the reason I want to mention that is that we saw a Super Bowl ad mm-hmm. last fr- Sunday. Oh, that's true. That yeah, literally did the same gag. Yeah, like the, that was the gag. It's like, yeah. hey, we're 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 exiting from our streaming service to show you something else. Right. And yeah, it's supposed to make you feel like you've gone back to the menu in the middle of the thing you're watching. Right. Like it was done very. It was very a very well. inspired thing, and I, I I watched it. I'm like, oh, they straight up ripped that out of She-Hulk. Oh yeah, because in She-Hulk, she literally busts into Disney Plus and goes, "Well, if I need to talk to Kevin like five years ago, there it is. There's a Marvel <laughs> thing from five years ago," and just busts into that and mm-hmm. like leaves the set to go to the you know the fucking back lot to try and find Kevin. Mm-hmm. It's really good. If you, I always recommend watching the Marvel assembled episodes that they do on these shows because they're always so brilliant. But the one on She-Hulk was amazing because you don't realize how many small details went into that show. Like the they they make a joke about the NDAs being as bad as they are and like mm-hmm. that's absolute truth. Um the uh in that particular episode where she goes to find Kevin, there's the uh, uh the person working the desk. That is actually the person who worked yep. at the desk. And they're like, yeah, we auditioned like 50 people for that role. And honestly, they were the best person for the, the job. Yeah, because so. they knew what to say, and yeah. like like what they would do in that situation. And literally, everyone has to sign the NDA. <laughs> right. Everyone. Yep. <laughs> yeah, just everything about that show was made, was crafted with so much love. And one of the great things about it when there were the, the naysayers online being like, oh, She-Hulk's not like this in the comic or not like that in the comics. Or why is she dressed like a... I will not use those terms for a female on this show, but they will say those negative things. And you did have the fan base coming back and saying like, so anyways, here's your argument about what she does and doesn't do in the comics. And here's panels of her actually doing it. So maybe shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was nice to see that happening when so often the negativity of something can just creep into the online nerd sphere when it comes to to these Marvel shows Mm -hmm. and for people to stand up and go, no, we're tired of your bullshit. We're defending this fucking show. It's brilliantly written. It's brilliantly acted. Mm -hmm. You're hating on it because there's a woman lead and maybe go outside and touch some fucking grass. Yeah. Touch some grass. uh, Maybe talk to someone you don't know, you know, it, 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 it gets some, you know, social awareness of, right. of of how good people can be if you just let them be mm-hmm. and, and, and stop hating everything, exactly. especially good things. Yeah. So like it, in summary for me, like I just any show that can make me out laugh out loud the way that she Hulk did. It's so rare. Oh, yeah. In almost every episode, there was at least some joke that like I was nearly crying. Yeah. Like, yeah. The cry like, laughing was real. Like the cry laughing was so real with that show. Like and I, the first episode, I was like, okay, this is kind of funny, kind of funny. And then they got to like the Captain America fucks line and I fucking died. Yeah. I was just like, holy shit, this is happening. I am all in on this show. Yep. All of this is wonderful. Yep. Just the, the, the idea that he would casually have a conversation with his cousin because she keeps insisting that that his friend is a virgin, even though right. he's like 75 years old. <laughs> right. All right. So let's move on from She-Hulk to um, the next small one to talk about. And that's Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Werewolf by Night came out right around Halloween, yep. no? Yep. Uh, October 7th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was in the spooky season. It was, yes. Yeah. Werewolf by Night. What a fascinating Man. experiment. 
this is the, the the this type of thing. Like everyone's immediate reaction to it was, I, I hope we get more shit like this from mm-hmm. Marvel. Not more of this. Not specifically more Werewolf by Night. Yeah. But give us more things with experimental genre, with you know excellent acting and very well made. That's you know that with with the Marvel quality. Mm-hmm. Of something that we don't know about, because we know what you're making is very expensive and it can be risky to take risks. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, you end up with movies that are the same over and over again, which is something people are starting to say about the MCU mainline, about the movies. So, yeah. So we have Werewolf by Night that is a title that most people that are not me even fucking know about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I like my bottom of the barrel comics when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. we had Elsa Bloodstone, who's a C-tier Marvel character, I would say. At I, best. This was the first I'd ever heard yeah, of her. Yeah, she's yeah. about a C-tier Marvel character at best. Um, it's you know we had Man Thing in it. We, I mean, again, we're hitting the C and D-tier <laughs> characters in this, and yet, much like what James Gunn does, he takes these C and C and like D-list tier characters mm-hmm. and elevates them. Yeah, because it was what forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was less than an hour. Yeah. It was about the length of an old black and white movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it had the you know all of the same aesthetics. The, the, the mm-hmm. film grain was there. The shadows were there. The black and white, tiny little splashes of color just for emphasis, Every which was so shot good. Was so carefully orchestrated yeah it was beautifully lit it was set just so that you could make out what's going on even with all of the really intense shadows the 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 cinematography for for what they were doing was like spot fucking on it was exacting in almost like a david fincher sort of way you know um yeah uh uh, gael garcia bernal as the werewolf was fucking Mm -hmm. fantastic I, I, the only, I, I want more of that character just because I want more of this actor in the MCU. I've loved him all the way back since uh, Itumama Tambien, uh, where he played opposite of um, the, and I just lost his name, but the lead actor from Andor. Mm. Yeah, which is a, just a, an, an excellent movie. If you've never seen it, go find it and watch it. Um, and Laura Donnelly as Elsa Bloodstone was like, again, Fantastic. not a character I know about, mm-hmm. but like I bought it instantly. She was just good, like mm-hmm. right from moment one. Elsa Bloodstone is kind of like Laura Croft if Laura Croft hunted monsters. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That, that's, that's, that's exactly that's how I felt. Like that's that's what her concept is. She comes from a rich family who hunts monsters and that's her whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you're saying you wouldn't mind seeing the werewolf again. Oh, yeah. It's possible. Not that they would do it, but it is possible. There is a very long history of Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight crossing over. Oh. It's just how it happens. I think Moon Knight's first appearance may have been in Werewolf by Night. Yeah, I might have to double check my facts on that one. Okay. That feels right to me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like everything about it, it was just so gorgeous. And like, you could just tell it was made with love. It was another one that, that again, and we'll say this this about all of them, you know, go watch The Assembled about it because it's just so fascinating the way that they just... The attention to detail in every little shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. The um again, like we're gonna say it over and over again, but like the sets were all like just so incredibly practical. There was very little CG assistance. Yeah. Um, in, in the entire thing, which was one of the coolest parts about it, because the practical stuff felt like like a throwback while also not looking bad. Yeah, it definitely felt like the old movie monsters. Um. Like the old Universal stuff, and mm-hmm. that's the, completely the vibe they were going for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, we have one more big one to talk about. This is going to take up the most time for us. 
We need to talk about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, we do. Right. Yeah, we do. So this happened. This was the one that no matter what people thought about the other movies that had happened in the phases, they said, at least we have Black Panther mm-hmm. at the end. Right, exactly. There's no way they can fuck this one up. Yeah, as, as far as phase four has gone, people have been very... Uh, you know, like like there's been a very mixed reception. They feel like nothing's really going on because they've, you know, been it uh we've all been conditioned to expect every movie to tie in at least some small way into everything else. And we're not right. really seeing that in phase four. We're we're seeing the establishment of a lot of different things, and we're seeing a lot of other things wrap up. Thor was our only movie to go to four was our only franchise in the MCU to go to four movies. Right. And it was pretty much like, yeah, I think, you know, this is how we're going to send Thor off. So Mm -hmm. that was, you know, one that's going away. We're, you know, we we have Guardians coming up before too long, and that's their last one. Right. So we have a lot of things ending. Things that we're, you know, coming into and starting to look forward to seem to be coming on really slowly. Mm. And that's, you know, been the kind of consensus opinion on phase four. But you're absolutely right when everyone was saying, but then we're going to get to Wakanda first. Mm-hmm. And we all know that it's going to have very little to do with the other movies, mm-hmm. that it's going to be mostly about, you know, the very specific thing of what Wakanda does without its Black Panther. What, you know, we do trying to continue the story without Chadwick Boseman and that's right, really we, one of the same. We have to start much like the Assemble does mm-hmm. that we were watching before this. Yeah. Um, the elephant in the room, and that's the, the Chadwick Boseman of it all, right? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. that was a question everybody had before we entered that theater is, how is this going to work? Yeah. They said they weren't going to see GM. Mm-hmm. None of that. And it took a lot of restraint. You can tell it took a lot of restraint. Yeah. And so what we got was them meta-writing it, kind of, when you look at the plot. Like, they, they meta-wrote the fact that, like, he died of cancer, basically. Right, yeah. You know, they they have him, uh, yeah, as, as the movie, you know, begins, you basically have Shuri, you know, uh, scrambling around in her lab trying to synthesize a cure for her brother from some right. unnamed thing that we, you know, haven't really been told about because it doesn't matter. Right. We just know that he's passing away, and then he does, you know, kind of all at once, you mm-hmm. know, in another room, and we just get to find out about it, you know, third hand almost. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's very affecting. It's a very affecting beginning to the movie, and they really do start with it. They start with that, and they start with the funeral so that we can all take a minute and, you know, remember, because it's important that we do. Yeah, it was almost like we were watching the actors grieve, the characters grieve, and by proxy, they allowed us to grieve with with them. Exactly. And, and, you know, it kept the rest of it from being weird. Mm -hmm. It kept it from, you know, being jarring or knee-jerk. Instead, we got... You know, a, a a a good amount of time to you know to sit here with it and say goodbye, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the movie was just watching what happened after. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into the everything after, right? Yeah. So we have, you know, the nation of Wakanda. They've opened their borders. Um, we see them interacting with like you know the UN. Correct. It's a big deal. Yeah, no, no, we, we see Wakanda, um, you know, because everyone under, everyone in the world, in their world, in, in, in the movie, understands that, um, that, 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 that King T'Challa has, has passed away, right. and that not only has Wakanda lost their king, but they've lost their protector, the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So what you start seeing is you start seeing, you know, vaults that hold vibranium around the world getting attacked. Mm-hmm. And 
and you, you, obviously you have the Dora Milaje and other Wakandan forces that are protecting these things. So as Wakanda's joining the world and going to the UN, they're also saying, hey, you guys need to get off of our shit. We do not trade vibranium. We do not export vibranium ever. And if you try and steal it from us, we will bring your soldiers here and embarrass you with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. We have a uh, we have a comment in chat. France did was super unhappy about their uh, portrayal in that scene. <laughs> um, it was funny because they basically said this is a fantasy and it's irresponsible to suggest that we would ever do anything like this to an African country. And which people just kind of responded with Wikipedia articles of the history of France doing horrible shit to African countries just over and over and over again because they're European and every European country. And horrible shit to African countries over the course of history. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of been the way they did shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, France can suck it, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, you know, their leadership, not the country. I'm sure they're, you know, France is very nice and the people are great. And they know how to fucking unionize, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so what we have Wakanda reentering the world. And Shuri being quite unable to finish grieving for her brother. So much so that her mother takes her out uh, a year after his death to try and finish their mourning. To try and, you know, say this is the part where we burn the garments we wore to the funeral and we give it up and we continue living our lives. And and it's, you know, we're right about... Maybe like the 30 minute mark into the movie where we're, you know, starting to say like, okay, you know, but what's the movie about? And then audience move forward. Exactly. And then we have Namor just show up, Mm -hmm. um, played very, very well. Um, and you know what? The, The people talk about the, um, about like the CG that there's, there's this bit where like, he, he's got these wings on his ankles and right. that's how he flies. Mm-hmm. And no matter how you look at it, it looks a little goofy. Not that the CG well, is bad. Welcome to the comics. Yeah. Yeah. No, not that the CG is bad. The CG isn't bad. It works. It's just, it, it just seems like, like what is going on here? Mm-hmm. But when you, you know, that, that as the character comes into frame and um, the, the actor, um, uh, uh, Tenot Huerta, um, begins to play this role, this character that we've never seen before, you you immediately forget, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 that the wing thing bothered you and you just start, like, enjoying this he character. He enamors, like, the moment he comes on screen, which he is does. what Namor's supposed to do. Yeah. He is, like, a prince that literally he shows up and, like, Sue Storm, yeah. right, Reed Richards' wife, is like, I'm going to leave my husband for this man. Yeah. And has several times. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hey, you know what? It, it, Reed's not a great guy. It's He's fine. really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so you know, the, the, the charisma, the, 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 the confidence, the... Mm-hmm. The, the way that this character... Um, he's a handsome man. Oh, yes. He's a very handsome man, uh, na- na- uh, Tenoches. Mm. And yeah, the, the character Namor just, you know, has all of the gravitas of the, 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 this the, the, this stronger, you know, this basically, I guess, like, uh, you, well, he's Black Panther level strong, isn't he? Basically yeah. Captain America level strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has all of that. And also he can breathe underwater. Also, he can fly also, you know, and, and all the other things. So this is a character that carries himself with a kind of grace when he approaches Wakandans and are like, hey, we need you to clean up your mess because someone is detecting vibranium. And if you don't stop them, we will. And we don't really want to go public. Right. Um, 
so yeah, that's how the movie carries on. And, and so without just going beat by beat through the plot of the movie, it's just such um, a well-told tale to get us to where we needed to be. We needed Shuri to become the Black Panther. We mm. need it because Wakanda needs its protector as it always it was did. It's also a story of defeating your past in a way when we refer to talk metaphor, mm-hmm. because essentially where Namor's group is, is where we saw Wakanda in the last movie. Right. Right. They were isolated. They don't want anybody to know about them. They are, mm-hmm. they are trying to just take care of their own. Whereas Wakanda's moved forward. So for Wakanda to move forward, they have to face their past. Exactly. And like literally, cause it's a Marvel film fight, fight it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's very well said. And the, um, the, the overall thrust of, uh, the movie is, yeah, we, we have to get, you know, we have to get these characters where they need to be. They need to not only move through their grief, but come out the other side stronger and, mm-hmm. and w- with with a sense of purpose and with a new idea of, you know, where their life is going right. and what they think they should be doing with the gifts that they have, with, with you know, the resources that Wakanda has. What should we be doing with it? Um. Ah oh, man, what a what a emotional movie! Like like start to finish, you're you're just there's a lot of reasons, you know, for for tears. There's a lot of reasons for laughter. Um, just to go down the list, like there's not a name in here that didn't just give an outstanding performance. We've already mentioned uh, Tenoch Huerta. Um, I'll very quickly uh, mention the the two white people in the movie, Martin Freeman and <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus. They are a treat together. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. They're maybe in 20, 15, 10 minutes of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And every time they're funny. Yeah. Every time they're together, they're funny. Um, but yeah, just to go down the list, um, uh, uh, Lapita Nyong'o as Nakia. Like, I didn't really expect to see her again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know why, but because she wasn't in the beginning of the movie and because she played the love interest to T'Challa, I just didn't think that we were going to see um, Nakia again. And mm-hmm. she played such a, a, such a great part, and there was so much awesomeness happening with her character. Mm-hmm. They really fleshed her out and, like, gave her the, like, the spiral that you kind of met her in in the first Black Panther. Right, but, yep. like showed how incredibly capable she was. Like, that was just fucking excellent. And Lupita Nyong'o is one of my favorite living actresses. Like, she's just excellent in everything that she does. Um, Denai Guria, um, I hope I didn't just murder that, but I probably did, who plays Okoye and has been playing Okoye since um, uh, the Winter Soldier, I think. I think so, yeah. Or or, uh, Civil War, it was. Civil Civil War. War. Yeah, um, she is amazing in all the Black Panther stuff and in all the other stuff that she does. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to spend a lot of time with her and Shuri when they go to, you know, when, when they visit the United States to, uh, to to go find Riri, who has a big part of the plot there that we'll get to. Um, Winston Duke. Oh, man. There is, uh, dude, as Umbaku, the, 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 you know, leader of the Jabari tribe, mm. he gets to come back. He gets to put on that big sing-songy voice of his. And, you know, the, the, just the way he says glory to Hanuman. Like, like any time we anything good happens, it's so good. We were watching The Assembled right before we did this episode, and he just starts talking. And I'm like, you sound nothing like any of the things you ever portray. <laughs> yeah, you know, seeing him in Us, and, and, and seeing him in, you know, the, the stuff he's done for Jordan Peele, and then seeing him in, you know, in, in the first Black Panther, and then mm-hmm. in this, and then watching this giant man sit in like a little director's chair <laughs> and speak with the voice of an 
absolute like help desk professional. <laughs> like he has the meekest, and it, it, it's frankly a bit nerdy. Like like, like for, for for the person it's coming out of, he has such a meek voice, and it's so so cool as an actor for him to just be able to bring these characters out mm. to where you believe that's how that guy talks. That guy that right. he must talk like that every day of his life. Yep. Just fucking ups to Winston Duke. And last and by far farthest, the absolute farthest from least was Angela Bassett. Of course. Angela Bassett fucking deserves an Oscar for this fucking MCU movie. <laughs> and I've never said that about any of these characters ever. We all know that these char- that these actors are great at playing their roles, but I'd never be like someone needs to win an award. Mm-hmm. Like like it's not. It, it's a great char- it's a gr- good actor playing a great character and they just they, they they do it, they chew the scenery, they ham it up. Angela Bassett in this role spent most of the movie grieving for her entire family mm-hmm. while also holding it together while also being the fucking queen of Wakanda mm-hmm. and she nails every single line you feel her grief you feel her anger you feel the love she has for her daughter and the 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 pathos she has to try and help her daughter grieve finish her grieving process and step into the suit she knows she has to fill yeah, Angela Bassett deserves an award for this. Absolutely. And and yeah, I hope she gets it. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Um, this movie was an absolute powerhouse of actors. Um, it, it, it even, even Dominic Thorne is Riri. Like, mm-hmm. like, this is a brand new character. And I really don't know where they're going with it. I know they're going to go somewhere. And I did enjoy her performance. It was just, she was kind of drowned out in all of the other amazing performances right, right. going on. Um, but, but it, it, she still performed very well. I, I, yeah, I loved, she's, she's the backdoor of pilot this. of the movie. Exactly. Like, Here's the introduction where she's going to get her own show. Yeah. We're, we're going to, we, we're, we're going to bring you iron heart. Here's yeah. where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. It, she, she was a connection and, and it's good because we've been looking forward to iron heart for pretty much since, you know, the end of end game. Right. We just wanted to see, you know, what, what, what the thing, what they were going to do with the character. Yep. And yeah, man. Did, did, did it hold up to all of the hype, do you feel like? Yeah, there was this moment. And this is what I mean by the restraint of not like CGing Chadwick Boseman in. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in the movie where Shuri ha- is, you know, they finally synthesize the, the, you know, the purple heart herb that they use to make the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And she takes it. And when you see T'Challa take it, he sees his father. He sees the last Panther. You know, and they, they they speak, you know, across the afterlife on the ancestral plane as his father is in a tree filled with other Black Panthers. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, it's all very, very, very fucking cool and very, you know, it, 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 it's a piece of mythology that comes from Africa that I just didn't know about mm-hmm. before the first Black Panther. And I find it utterly fascinating. So Shuri takes the herb. And she ends up in the throne room. And we don't get a, a CG T'Challa because that would be in very poor taste. Mm-hmm. Instead, she gets to meet the, you know, the fucking Killmonger. fucking Killmonger. Michael B. Jordan comes back for like one scene mm-hmm. and, you know, just unseats her emotionally and gives such a pathos to like, what kind of panther would you be? Would you get shit done or would you be compassionate? Can it be both? You know, or does it have to be one or the other? Because right now, with the way you feel, with your anger at your enemies and your anger over your brother's death, you would be me 
Mm-hmm. You would go out there and you would waste to lay waste to places and you would absolutely murder your enemies instead of letting them live. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's such an outstanding performance. And it gives you a a feeling of not only the respect, but of the like breadth of acting talent that they wanted to just like like laser focus into this movie. So there was never a scene where you weren't just enthralled by 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 the you know, characters you were watching and the, the way they were being performed. It's such a quality movie. Yeah, start to finish, everything about it, I loved it. I walked away, especially once we got to the post credit scene. Oh, and yeah. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, movie. Yeah. I thought I was done with the sad. Yeah, no, we were, it's like, okay, yeah, we finally get, you know, some credits and everyone can take a deep breath good times you know everyone was a little sad we had a good cry but it was a good cry and then yeah you get the after credit scene and you're like oh like how dare god damn how dare yeah yeah man yeah w- what an excellent movie it's on disney plus right now if you haven't seen it you yes. should you absolutely should um you know to this one and the other movie um had a little bit but I didn't see any kind of any kind of backlash to this movie. No. Usually, when you have a movie that's going to center women or minorities, you have some kind of backlash, and a someone complains. Type of person. Yeah, it's like, well, this character wasn't actually black, or you know, that this character wasn't, mm. you know, a, a, you know, a, a native Mexican, you know, a, a Yucatan Mayan, but. But it didn't matter yeah. because everything worked out so well. Everything made sense in the context sure. of where it came from. And honestly, like, yeah, I haven't seen a more respectful movie and a movie that coming from the MCU that got the respect it deserved from the audience almost entirely. Yeah, it's very true. Which kind of explains to you how much, how anticipated this movie was Mm -hmm. and how much everyone came in, you know, it's practically fucking therapy, man. I I feel like people approach this movie the way they were, they would be like, all right. Time to go sit in the chair. I'm going to talk about, you know, what's bothering me. I'm going to get this off my chest. It's work. I hate doing it. Um, But I know I'm going to feel better afterwards and I'm going to learn something and not, you know, it's just going to be great. And that's a really awful way to describe an MCU movie. But I promise you it was very cool and very fun and a little bit I needed it. Yeah. So so I'm glad that we got it. Ryan Coogler at, at this point can do no wrong as a director in my mm-hmm. eyes. Creed three comes out in like a week, and I'm really excited for that mm-hmm. um, because the Creed movies were uh, the the first one was w- just an absolutely incredible movie. I like the second one too, but the first one really hits me hard. Um, but yeah, yeah. If they were gonna Wakanda go out, forever. they went out with a bang with Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Now we're kind of on the eve of Ant Man. We're gonna go see it yeah. this Saturday. Yeah, Ant Man's on yeah. its way. Um, yeah. we will uh, we will briefly let you know how it is the next time we're back. As of right now, the reviews do not seem favorable. Early reviews, so yeah. obviously we don't really have any idea of what's going on. There's no critic score, mm. but early reviews seem unfavorable. So we will see what it you know. We'll come back and let you know how we really feel about it. Yeah, the way that we usually do these things, if you haven't heard this before, is we'll maybe just give you like a quick two sentence thing because we don't want to spoil it while it's out mm-hmm. and then after about a month or so we'll kind of do a boss room specifically talking about that movie what we like what we don't like yep. and kind of go from there um keep in mind we will be off next week i will be in seattle um but we'll be back the week after that um and that's everything that we have for the show this week don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show you can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us as well as at gnggcast on twitter to talk to me directly 
Until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. Thank <laughs> you.